Hey, everybody, welcome in to another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Matranga. And in this episode, I am going to be sharing with you eight pieces of wisdom that have helped me get in shape over the course of my life and more importantly, stay in shape uh, for long periods of time. It can be a struggle to kind of battle with getting in shape for something and falling out of shape and kind of cyclically uh, attempting to maintain a high level of fitness. I find it's easier to reach aspire, get there, and then kind of coast. And these are some of the habits that have really helped me coast. This is something that I have extracted from my mailing list. So if you're not on that yet, you can actually get added to it at the link in the show notes for this episode. I mean, just for joining, you're going to be getting some sample programs as well as over 150 pages worth of free evidence-based fitness PDFs. You'll also get a written form version of this podcast, which I think you'll find highly effective, delivered to your inbox uh, in a couple days. Um, so you'll get this in written form. You'll also get this in audio form. So if you're somebody like me who learns well um, and applies things better, uh, when you have both the audio and visual stuff together, I think you'll find that this is an awesome combo. So be sure to scroll down while you listen to the episode and join the mailing list. But without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and get into episode 318. This podcast has some awesome partners, and one of my favorite, of course, is Legion Athletics. Legion is my go-to supplement manufacturer for what I like to call my big rock supplements. This would be my protein powder, my pre-training formula, my post-training formula and creatine, and my kind of ancillary vitamins and micronutrient protection. So why do I like Legion so much? What sets them apart? It's quite simple. Legion uses all natural ingredients. All the formulas include natural coloring and natural sweeteners. No artificial sweeteners, just stevia. And every single formulation, be it a pre-workout or a vitamin, contains clinically effective dosages of ingredients shown to work in humans in clinical research supported by robust trials. No filler, just legit ingredients in each and every formulation proven to work. The whey protein isolate is so light, it's fantastic, it mixes in water, it tastes amazing, and I drink it every day, even as somebody who's lacking lactose intolerant. That's just how high quality this whey protein is. And it's sourced from Irish dairy cows that are raised well, eat their natural diet and packaged in climate friendly packaging. I love their plant protein too. For those of you who like something that's a little on the thicker side and you aren't a fan of animal products. Also, I love Legion's pre-workout, but specifically the pre-workout that does not contain caffeine. That would be their stim-free pulse. I'm a huge, huge fan of beta-alanine and L-citrulline, but I don't like taking in wildly high amounts of caffeine. So if you are somebody who likes pre-workout with caffeine, you can try pulse. Or if you like it without caffeine, because you maybe want to enjoy your morning coffee or monitor your caffeine consumption, try the pulse stim-free. My favorite flavors there for sure are the new grape and the amazing, amazing tropical punch. As for my creatine, I get that from Legion's Recharge, five grams each and every day. I take it on the days I train as well as the days I do not because Recharge also contains L-carnitine, which can help with promoting muscle recovery and decreasing soreness, as well as some ingredients to help with creatine utilization. And of course, my favorite supplements for my ancillary micronutrient health are Legion's Multivitamin 
and Legion's Greens Powder. Not only do these two products contain a ton of high quality vitamins and minerals, they also contain unique adaptogens like KSM 66 ashwagandha and reishi mushroom, which I like to take each and every day to promote my health. If you want to cover all your bases with a high quality protein, creatine, post-workout, or the ancillary micronutrient health stuff like greens powders and multivitamin, I encourage you to go over to legionathletics.com and check out using the promo code Danny. That'll save you 20% on your first order and you'll You'll rack up points that you can use the same way as cash every time you use the code and you'll also be supporting the show. Okay, so uh, getting into the first tip I have for you, this is something that has worked extremely well for me. Um, and I have a feeling it'll work really well for you too. It has a lot to do with simplification and reducing decision fatigue, which is to say, just reducing the total number of decisions you're going to make in a given day. And what I like to do, and this can look different for you based on your goals, but this really helps me with staying lean, getting enough fiber and getting enough protein is my breakfast every day. And it has been this way for the past basically 10 years is two scoops of whey protein and a couple pieces of fruit. And I know a lot of people hear that and probably think, well, that can't be nearly enough food, can it? And the truth is, for some people, maybe not. But for the average person, starting your day with a little protein and a little fiber in the form of fruit is a highly effective way to make sure that you don't fall behind on a few pretty important components of your nutrition. The first is fluids. You mix your protein shake with water. The second is protein, of course, and the third is fiber and micronutrients. It also speeds my mornings up tremendously, which is really important to me because I start training clients at my studio as early as six o'clock in the morning. So I like to be able to get up at four, jump on the bike, roll on the bike for, let's say, five miles, get in the sauna for 10 to 15 minutes, hop in the cold plunge, and go train clients from like six to 11. And after, let's say, 11 o'clock, one of the things that I really like to do is go for a workout. And if I still haven't had any time or anything to eat, I'm going to be pretty flushed. But what I have found is if I start my day with breakfast, being a protein shake and a couple pieces of fruit, I can actually make it all the way to like 11, 12 o'clock even, late or deep, if you will, into the afternoon without much hunger. And what this might look like for you is just asking yourself, what are my goals? So for example, if your goals are muscle gain or weight gain, it, from a nutritional standpoint, having a smoothie with more calories and more nutrition might be better than having a lower calorie shake. My goals are building muscle while, or maintaining muscle rather while staying fairly lean. And that can be pretty difficult to do. However, this helps me out a lot. If your goals are also getting lean, you can try this. You can also try something like having a salad with protein on it every lunch, no matter what. And why I like this tip is it takes two things. It takes my habits and my decision fatigue into consideration. It gives me an easy habit to lean into, and it gives me one less thing to have to think about. And, you know, you probably heard this one a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I'll start by saying this. 
I'm not entirely sure just how much accuracy uh, there is baked into this claim. I have heard it said so many times by so many people. Um, So I've kind of just come to accept it as fact. And my guess is you've probably heard this too. And it goes a little something like this. Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, these highly efficient billionaires, right? Um, These creators, these world builders, they wear the same clothes every day. For Mark Zuckerberg, it's his patented t-shirt. For Steve Jobs, it's the patented turtleneck. And I believe Zuckerberg's gone on record and said that, like, this is just bullshit. I, I said this. This isn't actually true. But the adage sticks, the axiom sticks, because I think we can all, to a certain degree, kind of go, yeah, well, it's simple, right? Like, it just gives them more time. It gives them one less thing to think about. And in a world where you have a million things to think about and you look at like a billionaire, uh, Jeff Bezos, well, uh, or Elon Musk, or I'll use Steve Jobs as an example. Steve Jobs, he had one less thing to think about because every day he wore this turtleneck, right? And I think when you consider the fact that fitness is challenging for a lot of people. It's one more thing to think about. If you can just have one meal be the same every day, like, yo, I have a protein shake and fruit for breakfast and, uh, or I have a salad with protein for lunch. Not only is it one less meal to think about, it's one fairly ingrained habit and it's building on the back of this kind of axiom that highly successful, highly productive people, be it in tech, be it in industry, right? They take something that they know they have to do every day, decide an outfit and make it easier for them by having the same outfit. You can do that with food. It is totally okay to just say, hey, I'm going to have this for breakfast. This is my breakfast. It's going to help me reach my goals. I think that's normal. I I actually think you would be kind of crazy to not try to do more things like that more often. Uh, I can't think of too many things that are simpler than that when it comes to fitness. And like we live in a culture of billionaire worship, of founder worship, like, oh, Steve Jobs, he wears the same turtleneck every day. I get it. That's cute. Mark Zuckerberg, same shirt every day. He has the time. He has one less thing to worry about. Uh, that's kind of what you're doing by just saying, I'm going to have oatmeal and a protein shake for breakfast. I'm, I'm not going to think about breakfast. It's a low calorie, high fiber, high protein breakfast. And if you want to lose fat, I would say you're a lot more likely to get lean having the same breakfast every day than you are to become a billionaire wearing the same outfit every day. So if you can simplify some of your nutrition decisions in the early, fast-paced, shitty, congested part of the day, not only will it make your morning better, and all of you are so into these millionaire morning routines anyway, um, it'll make your morning go a lot more smoothly. It will be one less thing to think about, and it kind of casts a vote for being fit and making those good decisions right away. So I'm all over that. Uh, and, and that's the first tip. That's why it's first on the list, folks. Like, I I think that this is probably the highest leverage tip of all of them. You can do this with any meal, but standardize one meal a day that's aligned with your goals and slot that in wherever you need to, to, to make it work. All right. The second little axiom or let's call it rule that I have for myself is to never miss two days in a row. And 
I don't think of this exclusively in the context of training, although it is more rare now that I do take two days off in a row. I typically work out three days in a row um, and then take a day off. But it's not about like, oh, you can't take two rest days off in a row. In fact, when I posted this on my Instagram, I was kind of instantly met with like questions from people being like, wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that I can't take off two days in a row? And I realized, okay, I did not word that appropriately for the platform. So such a good opportunity here to expand on that. But really what I'm, what I'm getting at, what's important to me is I, I don't want to have two days in a row where, and I'll borrow from Gunnar Peterson here, who we had on the podcast last week. He said, you have four wheels on a top, on a car. It's, you can drive on three. It's really hard to drive on two. And only a few people can really ride a unicycle. And so let's say your tires are sleep, training, nutrition, and stress. And I don't want to have two days in a row where I'm down more than one wheel. Let me put it to you that way. I don't want to string together multiple bad days of poor food choices. Like let's say I go on vacation. I'm going on my bachelor party here at the end of the month of September. So in about a month, actually one month from today, you'll probably be listening to an episode that I recorded here in August while I'm chilling on a beach in Sayulita, Mexico. And you better believe in this villa we rented with private chefs who are going to come and cook up a bunch of delicious food, I'm probably going to have more than two days in a row where I don't eat great. You want to know what else is interesting is I'll probably still have a protein shake and fruit for breakfast, even on vacation. Uh, but I'll probably have some bad food days. So what will I do out there to make sure that I don't have quote unquote two days in a row that are poor two days where I have multiple flat tires on the car, metaphorically speaking, of course. Well, I'll get great sleep. I'll try to get great sleep every day. Um, I don't party. So a bachelor party for me is going to look very different than it will for the average person. I don't drink. I don't party like that. Um, I just want to relax and have a good time with my guy friends. So sleep will be great. Stress will be down. Training will be present. I'll be traveling with all my favorite training partners. And I think that's really the big kind of take home is I don't want to have multiple days in a row where my training, stress, sleep, and or nutrition are wildly off. I just can't have that. It's not going to work for me. It's not convenient. It's not something that I can really work with. It's a hard place to go uh, and to build fitness from if you can't string multiple good days together. And having a rule of not allowing two bad days back to back really helps me prevent having two bad days, three bad days, four bad days, and then falling off completely. Uh, to put it in perspective, anytime I get sick and I have to take like you know, three, four, five days off of training, for example. I feel so motivated to pump up my sleep, to pump up my hydra hydration, to do everything I can with nutrition because I want to keep the other three wheels on the road. And anytime I've identified a day where I'm like, hey, I didn't do so good yesterday, even if I can't train, I'm still immediately going to do what I can to succeed in the other three areas. So that's kind of uh, a big one. Uh, a third thing I do, and, and this is just when we talk about being healthy 
and being nutrition, uh, eating it in a way that's nutritious or taking care of ourselves. We do, in fact, have to remember that we're only here for a very short time. And so enjoying food and being social is important. But one thing I'm doing a lot more of lately is I'm not going out to eat at restaurants. I'm not going out for fast food. I'm not grabbing stuff that's quote unquote unhealthy or energy dense unless I can offset some of the negative health implications associated with that by being social, which is to say, unless I've set a date with my partner or a date with a friend or a date with a client, I'm probably not going out to eat or I'm probably not getting food from an eatery. Now, there are plenty of quote unquote healthy places to eat. And there are plenty of unhealthy places to eat that can produce healthy options. I'm actually filming a couple videos this weekend about how you can eat healthy at Starbucks, Panda Express, and Chick-fil-A. Those are the three fast food places closest to where my studio is. And so I'm going to do a series of how you can order healthy food at any fast food restaurant. And I'm probably going to end every video with the caveat that Hey, but you're already making the decision to go here and you need to know that even if you got the highest calorie plate possible at any of these eateries, it's still only one food decision. But for me, what I like to do is be able to really enjoy the food when I go out to eat. I don't want to make too many concessions, right? I don't want to have to order off the quote unquote healthy menu, but if I want to achieve my goals and be as healthy as I'd like to be, I can only eat out so much reasonably. So one thing I've done that has really helped is kind of restructure how often it is I engage with these eateries that produce high calorie, hyper palatable foods that tend to be low in protein and fiber. And instead of going to like Panda Express every day and being like, I want rice, vegetables, and teriyaki chicken. You know, that's what I'll get when I'm in a pinch, but typically I won't go unless I'm going to go with a friend or make it social. And I'm only using Panda Express as an example because it's there. Um, I already brought it up. I like food. I go, I like going out to nice restaurants, but I'll typically try to make those more social, less frequent. And man, oh man, has that made a really big difference. Taking a break from this episode to tell you a little bit about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method. More specifically, our app-based training. We partnered with Train Heroic to bring app-based training to you using the best technology and best user interface possible. You can join either my Home Heroes team, or you can train from home with bands and dumbbells, or Elite Physique, which is a female bodybuilding-focused program where you can train at the gym with equipments designed specifically to help you develop strength as well as the glutes, hamstrings, quads, and back. I have more teams coming planned for a variety of different fitness levels. But what's cool about this is when you join these programs, you get programming that's updated every single week, the sets to do, the reps to do, exercise tutorials filmed by me with me and my team. So so you'll get my exact coaching expertise as to how to perform the movement, whether you're training at home or you're training in the gym. And again, these teams are somewhat specific. So you'll find other members of those communities looking to pursue similar goals at similar fitness levels. You can chat, ask questions, upload form for form review, ask for substitutions. It's a really cool training community and you can try it completely free for seven days. Just click the link in the podcast description below. Can't wait to see you in the core coaching collective, my app-based training community. Back to the show.
and I do a, go- a much better job of wasting less food. I, I, I was the king of spending 200 to $300 a week on food at Costco, at Safeway, at Trader Joe's, and then going out to eat like three days in a row after I get the food. Uh, and it's just like, man, that was wasteful. I wasted a ton of food. I bought food only to throw it in a landfill. And so this habit helps me make less waste. It saves me a good amount of money. It saves me a ton of calories and it does make eating out a lot more enjoyable when I do this. The fourth, the fourth thing I do, um, is I make a concerted effort to compete with a previous and former version of myself that is reasonable. So I wrote this up as I compete, not in bodybuilding, not in powerlifting, not in CrossFit with myself. I compete to be better than I was, not when I was in high school, but last week, last month, last year. I compete to find ways that even when I'm busy, allow me to stay in shape. I identify as someone who wants to improve as someone who wants to be consistent and as somebody who wants to be better. And so I think if you keep that in mind, folks, that your best competition is probably yourself from a day, a week, a month, or a year ago, it's not anybody on the internet. It's not anybody in your CrossFit class or on the powerlifting platform, unless you truly are competing for money. If you're competing for money, then you have to do everything you need to do to win and to beat your competition. However, if you are not competing for money, I don't love the idea, I really don't, of framing um, you know, other people as your competition. For most people, comparison is the thief of joy. For some, it can be power for fuel. But for most, it is the thief of joy. When you can compare yourself to yourself, things will get better, especially when it comes to forming a fitness routine. One of the biggest issues I see with people, I'm not getting out of my routine what other people are, aka I work out and don't look like that person. That demotivates me. When you don't truthfully know that person's inputs, maybe you don't know how much they train, maybe you don't know how well they eat, maybe you don't know their genetic predisposition. Maybe you don't know if they've had surgery. Maybe you don't know if they use Photoshop. Maybe you don't know if they take steroids. So why fucking bother? Honestly, ask yourself that question. If you don't know, why compare yourself to them? There is somebody you can compare yourself to who you know everything about. There's no secrets. It's you. Do that more. A good tool is to set smart goals. And I know this is corny, but specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. Set those. Set some SMART goals. Whatever it is, set a SMART goal to be better in some physical property than you are today and build a program around it. All of our clients that we work with, this is kind of part of our initial discussion. Like, where are you now and where would you be happiest? Or where do you think you'd be happiest? What would your body do? What could your body do? What would your body look like? And when you paint that goal, that vision, then you reverse engineer from that. Okay, well, you know, that's 25 pounds away. So, you know, that's anywhere between 25 to 50 weeks, the rate of which most people lose weight and 12 and a half weeks for somebody who's good at this. You know, we're going to have to build a stability focused introductory programming block, then get into strength then a couple cycles of hypertrophy at different repetition ranges. Got to work with what this person's got going on orthopedically with their schedule, all of these things, right? 
You take all of the things underneath the big umbrella of your goals, and that's how you end up with a program. That's how you end up improving. But you're not going to get super clear on your goals until you acknowledge that, hey, I'm competing with myself to be better than I am right now. Okay. Uh, Another thing, this is the eighth tip, the eighth thing, the eighth axiom that has helped me maintain and build fitness for a decade and help do this for other people. I fuck up a lot and I totally allow myself to fail. Like I said earlier, I try not to allow myself to fail two days in a row, but I will give myself grace. I will allow myself to miss a workout. I'll allow myself to enjoy meals. We've talked about this. Uh, I will, if this is rare, I will have days even when I don't drink enough water. And what I do when I fall short is I try not to punish myself, um, but I do force myself to review my behavior. And I keep a habit tracker, which is actually going to be going out to anybody who's on the mailing list. So again, that is in the podcast show notes where you'll find all of our partners, where where you'll find our one-on-one coaching program, where you'll find our app-based program, all of that stuff's down there. But this habit tracker is huge for me and for our clients. This is something that I launched recently, I'd say about two months ago. So if you are an online client and you're working with Core Coaching Method, whether you're working with me or Coach Matt, or Coach Sylvia, send me an email and I will get this to you because this launched and it went out to all new clients and I did not set it up in MailChimp to go out to all of our current clients. It can be very helpful. Now, most of you are excelling in these areas, so no stress, but I'm sending this out for free. I I want everybody to have it. It is a huge value add for our business, but it can really help you get in shape. And the reason I, I, I have this health promoting habits worksheet is because I have about 20 habits on there. And these are things like don't drink alcohol, sleep seven to nine hours, got outside for 20 to 30 minutes, got sun exposure for 10 to 15 minutes, got 10,000 plus steps, drank half my body weight in ounces of water, resistance trained, did aerobic workouts, did mobility workouts, right? These are things that I plotted across a grid that's 20 by 31, 20 habits, 31 days. I try to get more crosses and X's on that grid. And when I see a bunch of empty boxes, meaning I haven't checked, like let's say cardio, three days in a row, I haven't checked the cardio workout box. Hmm. Well, upon review, that appears like a failure. So this visual tool is amazingly helpful for me um, in terms of sticking to habits and not falling off of them for more than a couple of days in a row, because I have to acknowledge, one, I am inclined to fail. Two, I literally have a piece of paper here that has open holes. So if I like call, if I think I'm perfect, I should never find an open hole on this sheet. And if I'm logging it, Truthfully, there's always open holes. And if I'm not logging it truthfully, then there's no point in using it. Um, But man, oh man, does it give you tremendous power to be able to fail? Okay, the sixth thing for getting in better shape long term, fill your house with foods that help you reach your goals and not with foods that don't. This is way harder when you have kids, okay? I totally, totally, totally acknowledge that. I don't know what that's like. I know it's hard. But I do know that most people want their kids to eat healthier in general. They want their kids to eat better in general. And I think that your kids will eat healthier and better if you fill their home with good, high-quality food 
And I think you will live healthier, leaner, and better if you do the same. Now, I know that everybody has a different socioeconomic position, so I can't just make blanket recommendations to buy certain foods. Um, but we do give a grocery list to all of our clients. And one of the things that you'll see across all of these grocery lists is a focus on protein, fiber, fruit, vegetables, minimally processed foods. We include proteins that are, you know, varied, you know, you know, plant, animal, whatever, right? But that's what you want to fill your house with. If your house has more stuff that when you eat it gets you close to your goals, um, then it does stuff that when you eat it, it pushes you further away from your goals. And that's like, it can be that simple, folks. Fitness can be as simple as just filling your house with stuff that promotes more of the right kind of eating and less of the stuff that doesn't over a long enough time horizon that eventually it all adds up to the right value. The seventh tip, this is a big one for me. Um, I, I guess this, this is probably already been covered, but I get a ton of steps, like a ton, 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 ton of steps. Oh, an absurdly high amount of steps, sometimes 12,000, sometimes 15,000, a lot, a lot, a lot of steps. And, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think I get the most steps. And I don't, I also don't think it's practical for other people to try to get as many steps as I do. I know I get more than the average person. But one thing that I do really think you can do is make an effort to get a few more steps than you have in the past. Elevating your total step count by like 10 to 15%. Wherever you're at, bring your steps up 10 to 15%. One of the biggest, highest leverage things you can do. I crush 15,000 a day, right? I used to make fun of people who were like, I, my Fitbit tells me 10,000 steps. I'm so close. I used to be like, oh, there's nothing magical about 10,000. But then I realized like, holy shit, for all of those 10,000 steps, you're not sitting on your ass. And like 10,000 steps isn't magic. 10,000 steps worth of not sitting on your ass is magic. That is the beauty of it. 10,000 steps is 10,000 steps probably not on your phone. It's probably 10,000 steps not stuffing your face, not watching TikTok, not just leaning into being sedentary. And that is where the magic. Just gradually increase your step count each and every day. Do everything you can to get to seven, eight, nine, ten thousand. 10,000. It makes a huge difference in pulling you kind of out of that sedentary tendency so many of us unfortunately live with. Okay. The final tip that I have for you guys is to count all of your wins. This goes back to that habit tracker that I use. Like I put don't drink alcohol on there. For some people, that's going to be really hard. For me, that's 31 boxes checked every month. That's an automatic win. And I put it on there for that reason. I always have at least one box I can check. And what I want you to do is count all your wins. If you got 10,000 steps but missed a workout, that's okay. Good for you for getting the steps. If you didn't have time for a 30-minute workout but you got a 15-minute workout, still a win. If you slept in for 10, 20, 30 extra minutes, that's a win, right? There are so many different wins that you can count. And one thing I give myself a lot of credit for is that there is truly no amount that is too small. And I'll give you a great example. I have a brokerage account um, that I've had since the beginning of the pandemic. And this is kind of a play with for fun brokerage account. I don't buy dumb stuff if I can avoid it. Uh, I'm still trying to buy mostly high quality stocks 
that are going to earn me money. But one thing that's happened over the course of the last several years is I've accumulated enough of, uh, let's call it invested amount. You know, there's enough principal in this brokerage account. Most of the stocks yield dividends. And I'll be honest, most of them are things you've probably heard of Vanguard funds, QQQ, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Disney, Amazon, Starbucks, Lowe's. These are big companies that have dividends. And more recently, I've been able to reinvest those dividends. And when I very first started, I would get like 37 cent dividends. And I would take 37 cents of dividends and I would buy 37 cents worth of a stock. I would actually get an email confirming the purchase, get an email confirming the purchase order and get an email uh, communicating that the dividend had been like distributed. I would force myself to read three automated emails to push through a 37 cent transaction to acquire more stocks. That is an objectively stupidly small step. But I would celebrate those 37 cents that I turned, like when I had a share of, a, of Apple and it yielded 3.6 cents, not a big deal. But over time, now the dividends are 70, 100, $115, get multiple of them every month. And I'm already in the habit of buying more stock. And I used to think of those 37 cent dividends that I was going to turn into 37 cents more of a stock as wins in the same way I do now that they're 5, 10, even 100x scale, depending on the dividend, depending on the stock. I rewarded myself for the tiny shit. And I'm not saying to give yourself a lower standard. I'm just saying, if you're doing something that's good for you, and it's pushing you in the right direction, acknowledge and lean into it so you can get even more. All right, folks, that does it for episode 318. Can't believe we're 318 episodes into the show. I want this to continue to grow. It's growing faster than ever, and I'm definitely getting a little greedy here, but I want to have the top fitness podcast. I think that I've been podcasting in fitness long enough that it's time to really start pushing the envelope. I'm talking more guests, more episodes twice weekly. Our monthly downloads have been really solid and our all-time downloads are soaring. But with monthly growth, comes more people in the audience. And I want to thank each and every one of you for turning more people onto the show and ask your help in continuing to do that by sharing this to your Instagram story, tagging me, sending it to a friend, subscribing if you haven't yet subscribed. And the big one you can do is leaving a review on Apple or Spotify. That makes a huge, huge difference. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on episode 319.